Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouths shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Together the, together the Venite on page 9. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, let the whole earth stand in awe of him. For he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth, and with righteousness to judge the world, and the peoples with his truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalms 1 and 15, beginning on page 345. Blessed is the man that hath not walked in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stood in the way of sinners, and hath not sat in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law will he exercise himself day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the waterside, that will bring forth his fruit in due season. His leaf also shall not wither, and look, Whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. As for the ungodly, it is not so with them, but they are like the chaff which the wind scattereth away from the face of the earth. Therefore the ungodly shall not be able to stand in the judgment, neither the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, and the way of the ungodly shall perish. Psalm 15 Lord, who shall dwell in thy tabernacle, or who shall rest upon thy holy hill? Even he that leadeth an uncorrupt life, and doeth the thing which is right, and speaketh the truth from his heart. He that hath used no deceit in his tongue, nor done evil to his neighbor, and hath not slandered his neighbor. He that setteth not by himself, but is lowly in his own eyes, and maketh much of them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth unto his neighbor, and disappointeth him not, though it were to his own hindrance. He that hath not given his money upon usury, nor taken reward against the innocent. Whoso doeth these things shall never fall. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
Here beginneth the fourth verse of the ninth chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes. But for him who is joined to all the living there is hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. Go, eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Let your garments always be white, and let your head lack no oil. Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun all your days of vanity, for that is your portion in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus S. on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the sixth chapter of the Epistle of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And you, fathers, do not promote, provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart, as to Christ, not with eye service, as men-pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. Here endeth the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, 
for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, make clean our hearts within us and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Almighty and most merciful God, of thy bountiful goodness keep us, we beseech thee, from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready both in body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish those things which thou commandest, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, Defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
morning to all and happy Sunday. Our lessons today um, really prepare our hearts for um, hearing the Epistle and Gospel lesson that we'll hear in Mass today. Um, firstly, from St. Paul in the Epistle lesson, exhorting us to walk circumspectly because the days are evil. Uh, and then in the Gospel lesson for today, we will receive another parable about a wedding feast given by a king. Um, and this one will um, culminate not in the kind of general invitation to everybody like we saw a few Sundays ago, um, but will culminate with the um, the vignette of the man who is found at the feast who lacks a wedding garment um, and is, is tossed out from the feast because he uh, did not come, uh, he was not ready to participate in the feast. He came uh, in an unworthy way um, uh, and and as a result was expelled from that feast. Um, and it's, it's, it highlights for us that as we get into the last few Sundays of the Trinity season here, after a long season, we are reaching the end of it. Um, and that pretty soon Advent is coming, um, and as it always does, um, which is a reminder to us that the Advent, the second Advent of Christ is coming. Um, and there is a kind of gravity that it exerts over the Christian um, as we walk through the Christian life. Um, and so in our lessons for today, we get, um, you know, a kind of framing for this meditation in Psalms. Psalm 1 um, is the beginning of the Psalter, and it describes the, the blessed state of the person who is rooted in the law of the Lord, who is, if they are rooted this way, rooted like a tree by a, a constant source of fresh water, um, whose roots can grow down deep and draw nourishment. And because of this, um, the, you know, the changing of the seasons of the world have um, an, an almost negligible effect on this tree because this tree um, is so well is so well nourished by the, the its pl its placement near um, so much nutrient rich soil and 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 living water um, that as a result of that this tree almost seems a, to be a perennial fruit giving tree because it, it just it always has what it needs and it doesn't um, suffer um, all of the same kind of seasonality or or periods of um, of uh, of, of dearth and drought um, that other trees in, in, in less um, suitable places for life might find themselves. And this, and this, this is a way of articulating that, um, that the, you know, the goodness of God, the grace of God is that which allows the, the righteous person to live and grow and thrive and remain rooted. Um, and that is why it is important to be, you know, cautious where we plant ourselves, where we root ourselves, because from from where we root ourselves, we are able to draw whatever nourishment is available, and sometimes um, we're, we're, we have a minimum of nourishment available, and sometimes we actually have things that are um, uh, opposed to a, a thriving life. Um, and so it's a it's a call that you know where we are drawing um, our life from um, that uh, that that is significant because it will give us the shape of our life and whether or not we're able to bear. Um, the fruit that human life is meant to bear. Um, and this is uh, narrowed in, in some specifics in uh, the second Psalm, Psalm 15, um, where uh, you know, the, the, psalm, the psalmist is describing um, eight specific characteristics of a righteous life. And it's significant that what, this, what the psalmist means by righteousness here isn't a life that is um, completely um, morally perfect. Um, which is thought to, you know, which is thought, especially in the mind of the Psalms to be, you know, we're, we're bound to err, you know, and, 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 you know, we're, we're going to make errors and mistakes and have faults. But what this is describing is a life that is free of the, um, the internal contradictions, um, that has become free of a moral contradiction on the inside. 
Um, and what it describes is a person who um, is not willfully entertaining contradictions in their moral life. Um, and even at great cost to themselves, they maintain their integrity um, and they take great concern with upholding their integrity um, because, uh, and it's a way of articulating the interior dynamics of that tree, that, that person planted by the waterside, the righteous person of, of Psalm 1, um, what's happening within is that, you know, a, a, for the best fruit to grow, there needs to be a kind of integrity to the tree's life. Um, over time. And as a result of that, the best kind of fruit grows from it. But where there are sort of factors and, and, and influences and uh, at odds and with the, with the growth of that fruit, there's going to be an effect uh, to that fruitfulness. Um, and so we see both this kind of big, big picture vision that all kind of comes from the nourishment of God's goodwill, but then also there are specific ways that we participate in that. Um, and that we mainly we, we avoid willful, uh, you know, sort of contradictions within our moral life um, and, and that that cuts against the vitality of our life. And will and so that we don't have anything inhibiting the fruitfulness of our life. And so as we uh, as we look at the, the two readings from to this morning, as we look towards um, Ephesians uh, or sorry, uh, as we look first towards Ecclesiastes, um, there is a kind of riddle that we see at, at end here, and it reminds us again that the you know the, we get a reading from Ecclesiastes to remind us that de you know death is coming, um, that the hour of death comes for all, um, and that um, there's a kind of readiness to which um, wisdom calls us because of the inevitability of death, as sorrowful as that is, that both the unrighteous and the righteous both arrive at an hour of death. Um, and so the shape of one's life in preparation for that um, is significant. Um, you could kind of look at a lot of the wisdom of the Old Testament as what we might call the art of dying well, um, the, the way that a life takes shape um, and, and the way that we live, the art of living um, becomes as well the art of dying, um, which is the art of meeting our end with integrity and meeting it in a way that our innocence is preserved and as the Psalms promise, that person will be vindicated by God, um, even in the grave. Um, and so, uh, but there's still yet a kind of lament to this as well in the Ecclesiastes lesson, where we, we, we don't have a, um, we don't have a, yet in this Old Testament writing, a clear indication of a kind of heavenly blessedness, a beatitude of being with God and looking upon him. Um, and yet uh, Ecclesiastes is at odds with itself. Um, uh, in its own mind, because even while it will acknowledge the, you know, the kind of severity of death um, and the necessity of shaping one's life without forming too many attachments to the world so that one can, you know, one can meet that hour well. Nevertheless, uh, the, the, the wisdom writer calls us to, uh, to celebrate those good things that God has put into the world because they are signs of his goodness. Um, and it is impious uh, to, uh, to sort of dis have disdain for those things, um, and it is impious to uh, to be to live a life of total like war like like to be, to live a life that negates the creation and the goodness of God's good world, um, because this is a falsehood. It's a delusion. It doesn't accurately describe life. It teaches us to live in a falsehood. Um, and so we, we're you know the wisdom the preacher in Ecclesiastes gives us a kind of riddle here is that. 
you know, you are called piously to enjoy the good things that God has set in the world as reminders of his goodness and for our true delight. And yet at the same time, know that your end is, 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 in, is at hand um, and know that the hour of death, the bell will toll for all of us. Um, and so, you know, celebrate those good things in such a way that they don't, you know, become things that drag you down uh, when you when you have to make when you have to meet that the, the, the trials of that final hour. Um, and again, when we see this big picture, uh, we are also given specifics in St. Paul's letter into the Ephesians when he talks about different stations of life um, and the way to walk in a way uh, through those those paths of life, those different um, sort of uh, different ways of life, uh, of experiencing life in this world um, in a way that uh, that holds in mind that ultimate picture that it is in pleasing the Lord um, and being found um, in right relationship to him and having an, an uncontradictory inter interior life, uh, that that is where goodness is found. That's where our focus ought to always be. And so if we find ourselves in a place of relative you know, security, great, Con continue to be uh, attentive to these things and ready to meet the end of all things. Uh, similarly, if we find ourselves in a relative place of, of, of discomfort and servitude even, um, nevertheless, keep your end in mind. Except we, you know, and this is to close with this, we, we get a transformation of that end um, in light of Jesus Christ and the gospel. Um, we know we're no longer is it preserve your innocence so that um, you will not suffer un the, the, the penalty of unrighteousness as you meet your death. Now it is that new life has been opened to all through Christ and the resurrection. And so those good things in life that the Ecclesiastes writer spoke of are, we now understand to be signs of that heavenly resurrection and the great supper of the lamb that is to come that we'll learn about in our gospel lesson today. And in every, and all of life now is relativized no longer by um, being able to die well, um, but being able to uh, pass through death into the resurrection. Um, death is revealed as a defeated enemy. Um, it was always an enemy, uh, but now it is, it is a defeated enemy after which there is something else beyond beyond it. Um, and so our life is now no longer ordered towards, you know, dying well and dying righteously, but also um, living in such a way that in passing through the trials of death, um, we are um, we are received. We are received into that resurrection in a way um, that is um, undefiled and, and with a with a whole and devoted heart surrendered fully to God. Um, because if we do that, then as we pass through that hour of death, we are received to the other side of it into that heavenly banquet, um, which has no end. Um, and it is a joy that is unconditioned um, by the thought, the severe thought of death any longer. So a couple thoughts for us today. We'll continue with our prayer for all conditions of men. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially, we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate.
that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Amen. O God, who makest us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of thy Son, our Lord, vouchsafe us this day such blessing through our worship of thee, that the days to come may be spent in thy service, through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here this morning. It's wonderful to pray with you. Hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you, Thanks Father Thanks to Hayden. Chris, my co-leader tonight, or this Thank morning. Thank you, sorry. <laughs> have a good day, everybody. <laughs>